Hello, everyone, and welcome to SWAT Radio on this, what day is it? Wednesday. Is it Thursday? It's Thursday, Thursday, (laughs) August 18th, I think. This is David Gray in with Brad Sykes today. Doug McCary is off. And as always, we're glad you're with us. Uh, Whether you're listening, I'm going to see if I can run through the stations here. I know we have a new station in Meridian, Doug, right? Uh, Brad, rather. WMOX in Meridian. I want to welcome all the listeners there, as well as those who have been listening on WMER in Meridian, Mississippi. WPMH, which is the lighthouse in Chesapeake, Virginia, covering that part of the country. And, of course, here locally, uh, 91.7 in Jacksonville, the truth, 91.9 in St. Augustine, and 91.3 in Folkestone, Georgia. So if you're listening on any of those stations, we're glad you're with us. And also, of course, you can listen uh, on the SWAT Radio app or at SWATradio.com. Uh, During the program today, if you want to give us a call, if you have any comments or questions, you can reach us at 844-777-7928. So there you go, Brad. That's a much more more complete intro there that I did than last time I was on. (laughs) Getting the hang of it again. You did a very nice (laughs) job. I mean... um, Taylor, Taylor had it down pat. I, I can't do what Taylor well, did. Taylor had that voice. I, I don't. Know if, I, I want to try to mimic it, but I probably would, I wouldn't do it injustice. By the way, I got a text from Taylor. He is a new. Uh, he's not a new father, but he has a new addition. Second to his time family. father. And yep. uh, he sent me a picture of oh, good. He and his dad and uh, and the, the the new baby. And that was Taylor. If you're listening, or uh, Anthony, if you're listening. You guys look like brothers. You could be brothers in this picture I have of them. But uh, no, good to be with you, man. We're, yeah, and, and we're going to get the the treat next week, David, of hanging out all week. I That's think. right. Uh, for at least three days, right? We'll see. Yeah. Well, Doug's, what happens. Doug's leaving town. I think uh, Sunday or Monday uh, for a, a something up in Georgia. Uh, I would. Say, I think it's a firearms training, and so he'll be. He'll That's be right. Away. That's right. So he's left it to you and me and Steve, and hopefully we'll uh, we'll make him proud. Um, <laughs> you know, uh, I couldn't help but uh, notice your hat today. Um, what is that? Two thousand. It's the two thousand eighteen Red Sox World Series hat. Yeah. 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 Well. Well, I, you know, I've told the story over <laughs> the years that uh, you know, growing up in Boston, living there most of my life until I moved to Jacksonville in nineteen ninety eight. Now, I saw the Celtics win championships, and I was a huge Celtics fan, but never thought I would see the Red Sox or the Patriots, but certainly the Red Sox, mm-hmm. given the history, win a World Series. I was at, for those of you who go back this far and know what I'm talking about, in 1978, the Red Sox and Yankees played a, a one-game playoff to see who would win the American League East. Did you go to that game? I went to that game as a 16-year-old. I got in for $15, only time my parents knowingly let me skip school. <laughs> I sat in the right field bleachers, and that was the game better known as the Bucky Dent game. <clears throat> where, And if you're a Boston fan, you say Bucky's name a little differently. I, I won't repeat. That's not repeatable for the ra- a family radio program. But um, uh, Bucky Dent was a light-hitting shortstop for the Yankees, and uh, the Sox were leading late into the game to try to 
And the, the, by the way, in 78, they were both the two best teams in baseball, and yet only one of them was even going to make the playoffs. Right. <clears throat> but uh, well, Bucky Boston. Dent, this little light-hitting shortstop, hit a Fenway pop-up home run over the left field wall to give the Yankees the win, essentially. Amazing. Well, um, I... I uh... I wish I had those kind of things to brag about. I mean, I've been to a lot of great sporting events, World Series. I've been to Super. I've been to three or four Super Bowls, but I'm, I'm I haven't had that opportunity to. Well, I shouldn't say that. Being from Houston, Houston maybe not quite as much as Boston. Well, the it's a Rockets great sports certainly. Town. Sure. And I was there in '94 and '95 when the Rockets yeah. won the uh, the World Championship. Yep. I have a ball at my house signed by the players. They were so great teams. A, yeah, that's uh, very cool. I, some some people know this about me, but there was a time in my life when I was in the apparel industry, and I used to dress uh, probably three or four of the Rockets. Oh, wow. And I uh, got to know a couple of the coaches. That remember, would be some special remember, uh, big and tall very, men's very, tailoring. Uh, very custom bench-made apparel. Yep. Ruby, Rudy Tom Janovich was one of my clients. Yep. And uh, I, I never really asked people for autographs. It was kind of one of those things. Right. I just, I don't know. Especially felt, if they're clients. If they're right. clients, I just felt, right. felt uncomfortable. Right. But I have some kind of unique uh, sports memorabilia sure. that over the years I collected, not the least of which you, you will appreciate is uh, I've got five Nolan Ryan signed baseballs. Oh, wow. And I, I got that out of getting to play golf with him. Oh, uh, very cool. That's <clears throat> uh, one, great. One year, years and years ago. But he was so gracious to – it was like all day I'm playing with him. I've got these five balls in my golf bag. I'm, in my mind, I'm going, when am I going to ask him? Mm. Well, finally, I, I, I promise you, if one person came up and asked for an autograph, 500 people yep, came up. Right. And he signed everything. Yep. And so finally at the end of the round, I said, hey, Nolan, would you mind signing a, uh, a couple of balls for me? He goes, why'd you wait till the end of the day? I said, well, I don't know. You just look kind of busy. Yeah. And I wanted us to win the golf tournament. So uh, <laughs> You wanted him to keep his focus. Hey, speaking of golf, now, you know, I didn't make light of this the other day, but you had a hole-in-one recently? Is I that, did. Is that correct? I did, no. yeah. About two weeks ago. Actually, two weeks ago, Saturday, I guess. Yeah. Now, any witnesses? Just, just one, and it was Scott Baldwin, <laughs> our friend, so that's shaky. If he's listening, I don't know if he's listening, but yeah, so he's kind of a shaky witness. He'd be like the shepherds. You know, they weren't allowed to be witnesses in the Bible. <laughs> hey, Scott, uh, Scott, our number here is 844-777-7928. Uh, you can call us and, and bear witness to this fact. Um, and, and by the way, you can you can actually text me, Scott. You've probably got my number. So. Hey, no, congrats. thank is you, that, thank you. First one? one, yep. No, and I, I'm joking about Scott. He hey, had look a, the phone's going off right now. He it's had a, be Scott. He <laughs> had a great reaction, uh, a worthy reaction to kind of match my astonishment <laughs> and excitement. So it was a lot of fun. Oh, I love it. It was a lot of fun. You know how I like to. Uh, to quote movie lines, and the the only one that's appropriate is when from Christmas Vacation when Chevy Chase looks at Cousin Eddie when he says, "Are you surprised, Clark?" He says, "Surprised, Eddie? I don't know if I'd be more surprised if I woke up with my head sewn to the carpet." You know, so <laughs> it was kind of like that. I couldn't believe it went in, but but I will say, and I'm this is self-aggrandizing, but it was a good shot. It wasn't kind of like one of those you know squirrely shots that right. took a long roll and went into the hole. It, it was all over it the whole way, and uh, but we didn't know a hundred percent that it was in until we got up there and looked in the hole. So. I love it. Anyway, a lot of fun. Well, a lot of fun. As a golfer, uh, you know, 
I would say born and raised a golfer. I, both my parents were, my dad was a scratch player probably into his 60s. My mother was a, a goodness, probably got down to about a six or eight handicap at one time. My brother and I both played collegiate golf. And, you know, holding ones were, you know, holding ones are rare. I mean, yep. they, they really are. I think my brother and I both had two or three. Yep. And I remember the first one I had. I, I saw it, and uh, and then I I didn't see the next one. You know, it was kind of like over, right. over a hill. I couldn't right. see it. Right. Uh, but my father, who really taught us golf, had never had a hole-in-one into his 60s. And one day, my son, who at the time was, I think, 11 years old, was out playing golf at San Jose, local country club mm-hmm. here in town, and had a hole-in-one on the eighth hole. And there were three witnesses. So I, I did get that confirmed. And I, the first person I said, you got to call is your people. <laughs> You know, so he called my dad, and again, I think my dad was in his sixties at that time, just to tell him, "Hey, even I've gotten a hole in one, and you haven't." And uh, now, with that said, I think my dad since then. Now, my dad's eighty-seven. I think since then he's had two or three. Wow. So between sixty something and yeah. now, he's had two or three yes. hole in one. Yes. Wow. Yeah, and he actually hung up his clubs about two years ago. Wow. But uh, two, one thing he's done better than a hole in one. And if you're a golfer, you'll understand he's had two double eagles. Wow. Which is very rare. Wow. Yeah. That is very, very rare. Yeah. yeah. So, anyway, hey, are we going to get into any spiritual conversation? Well, I think golf can, you know, can <laughs> well, be spiritual. Yeah, hey, by the way, I want to make a quick <laughs> plug. Um, I, I won't be on the air tomorrow. Doug will have a guest. Pete Alwinson is going to be his guest tomorrow. Uh, Pete has been involved in developing men for over 40 years, helping guys come to understand who they are as God's sons and how the Father is willing to invest himself in developing them every day in their lives so that they can become the men he always intended them to be, who they deeply desire to be, and that's real men. Mm. Uh, so he Pete is going to be the guest tomorrow. He wrote a book, I believe, called um, Like Father, Like Son, and so I'm I'm kind of excited to uh, to tune in tomorrow, and I hope if you're listening to Dave and I, you'll tune in tomorrow. I also want to make a a quick plug for a an event coming up, and this really is going out to ministry leaders, pastors, youth pastors here in the Northeast Florida area on August 23rd. That is Tuesday, August 23rd. Uh, there's an event going on at Christian Family Chapel. And it's called Be Thou My Vision. And it's uh, Be Thou My Vision Tour. It's been going It's going to be going on throughout the state of Florida. Uh, we'll seek to envision pastors with new strategies to equip families to protect their children and ways to off-ramp them away from the bad school from bad schools, historic opportunities for the church to practically minister to mothers in crisis pregnancies and introducing the Capital Project, a fresh new way for pastors to approach, partner with, and minister to the leaders of civil government. In fact, there'll be uh, four speakers. John Stenberger, he is the president and general counsel for Florida Family Policy Council and Florida Family Action. Dr. Kevin Baird, I know Kevin personally. He is the director of pastoral ministries for the Florida Family Policy Council and the Florida Capital Project, along with Erica Donalds, who is the former school board member and founder and CEO of Optima Ed. In addition, Domine Clements, Government Relations Manager for the Optima Foundation. And when is that happening? And so that is next 
uh, this coming Wednesday, excuse me, this coming Tuesday, August 23rd. And um, anyway, you can go to, uh, uh, let's see, I think it's uh, desk at flfamily.org. I'll bring it back up later. Yeah, in the we'll, we'll pick so. up on that after the break. Come back after our first break here on SWAT Radio. Glad you're with us. This program has the potential to reach millions of men each week. If you'd like to learn how you can support this unique program that is helping men understand the truth about Jesus through God's Word and how to impact their lives and the lives of others, then go to www.swatradio.com. Then click on the donate link to help SWAT Radio pass on the truth for the next generation. SWAT Radio is brought to you in part by Ace Door and Window Service, Inc. Ace Door and Window Service, Inc. is a full-service sales door and window installation company. Both of the owners are licensed contractors and are involved in the daily operations of the company. All of their trucks are company-owned and fully equipped. Their mission is to provide Jacksonville and the surrounding area with door and window replacement services. To learn more, call 904-701-3667. That's 904-701-DOOR. Or online at www.acedoor.com. Why you ever chose me has always been a mystery. All my life I've been told I belong at the end of the line. Will all the other not quite? Will all the never get it right? But it turns out they're the ones you were looking for all this time. Cause I'm just a nobody. Welcome back to SWAT Radio. David Gray and Brad Sykes with you today. Doug McCary is off, but we'll be back with a special guest tomorrow. Doug, uh, Brad, who was the guest again? Oh, I knew you did. Oh, sorry about that. I caught you <laughs> off guard. But uh, I was gonna, I was gonna say there before we came back from break. Sometimes I want to just let the music go. I know a little too. longer. Yeah. That's such a great song. I love the lines in that. Uh, 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 Pete, Pete Almondson. Pete, Pete Almondson will be uh, Doug's guest tomorrow. Okay. Um, his book, his first book, Like Father, Like Son, How Knowing God as Father Changes Men. And uh, anyway, I, I went into the break mentioning this event called Be Thou My Vision. It is a, uh, it is a pastor, it's a uh, basically a uh, tour around the state of Florida uh, just talking about equipping families to protect their children in light of all the stuff that we've been dealing with. Mm. Uh, throughout our country but uh anyway you can go to flfamily.org and register there it's a free event it's for pastors and youth pastors ministry leaders so flfamily.org i'm going to be there Uh, i know a lot of my other pastor friends but if you're in the northeast florida area you are a pastor or worship leader a ministry leader a youth pastor sign up flfamily.org Dot O-R-G. And it's happening at Christian Family Christian Chapel. Christian Family yeah. Chapel. That's August 23rd. Yeah, August 23rd. It is, uh, it, it's, they'll have some light food there. It starts at 1.30, and uh, the program actually will kick off at 2. Okay. So. And, you know, you mentioned Pete's book, The Guest for Tomorrow, Like Father, Like Son, I guess is the title of the mm-hmm, book. And mm-hmm. it reminded me, of, you know, one of the most impactful for lack of a better way to put it, studies or curriculums that I ever went through 
was a number of years ago, but it was a, a, a curriculum called Sonship. Oh, yes. Written yep. by a guy uh, mm-hmm. who's a late pastor uh, named Jack Miller. Yeah, from, I'm from, very familiar with Sonship. And uh, just uh, something that, you know, there are certain um, studies or things in your life that, that you can look back on and say, boy, that made a big difference in my life. Yeah. And that was one of them. Yeah. And and I think any time we can, and I'm sure Pete's book and, and what he talks about will be something similar, but I think any time we can learn more, get a better grasp on what the Bible teaches about what it means for us to be adopted into God's family and have all the rights yes. of his sons and daughters. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when you look at Scripture and you look at Jewish history and, and law and tradition and you see the rights of especially the firstborn son and what a big deal that was and and how that was a foreshadowing or a mirror of what it means for us to be adopted as God's sons and, and what that really means. Right, right. And I don't think even today, even having learned this stuff and been subjected to it, I still don't understand it or fully appreciate it. And right. sometimes I don't really believe it I, or I don't act like I believe it. Well, I think that's what it is. I, I, I totally agree there's no question that we, I don't think we can grasp it. I think of the scriptures. Can you fathom the mysteries of God? Can mm. you probe the limits of the Almighty? Let me just answer that. No, <laughs> you can't. Because God is so, but this kind of goes back even, we were talking about this last week, and it's kind of working into what we've been going through this week. We've been discussing this book um called The Gospel According to Jesus, written by Dr. John MacArthur many years ago. It's in its third reprint, and uh, it's an excellent book. And and last week, in fact, you were here on Friday, and we're talking about, you know, the fact that God has a plan. God has a plan. We have his Bible. We have the Bible, which lays out for us his plan. He wants us to be an intimate, personal, dependent relationship with him. So that's God's plan. This week, we've been talking about man's problem. Mm-hmm. Of course, man's problem is that we we sin. Right. In fact, we're David said, I was born in sin. And, uh, you know, that's a hard thing for us to, to grasp because we tend to look horizontally when it comes to sin. Well, I'm not as bad as that guy. You know, so we we measure everything, but when we understand who God is, and how do we know who God is? Mm. Only from His Word mm-hmm. that we understand the attributes of God, the holiness, the righteousness, the, the just all the attributes of God. It becomes very apparent that we're not God. <laughs> In fact, there's this massive chasm between man and God. Mm-hmm. That one that we know Scripture tells us that we cannot cross yep. apart from the the work on the cross and uh you know i think that we we just have a tendency to be very shallow in our understanding of who god is and we become very casual in our relationship with mm-hmm. god well we want jesus as savior but we don't want him as lord right you know I, I, listen i want an eternal home with him but don't tell me to live according to yeah. his word here yeah and yeah. uh there's I think there's been we've been working through some passages, uh, one being Matthew five twenty one through thirty. I think today I'd like to look at this passage in Luke thirteen, and it's just it's just five verses, and um, 
and then we can kind of work through the rest of this. But I want us to understand, I think one of the things we cannot grasp, not only, David, can, can we not grasp the majesty of God, but we can't grasp the depravity of man. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we, I was, I mentioned this uh, yesterday or day before with Doug. I said, do you remember the, the Luke Bryan song? It, it, it goes something like, I believe most people are good. Mm. Well, that's most people. Yeah. Most people believe most right. people are good. I was just going to say that. I think if you ask most people, they'd say, oh, I think people are basically good. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I was thinking some about this and I know, I don't want to, I know we're going to get to this, so I'll save some of it, but, but this idea of, well, what does that mean exactly? And, What's from a, the standard yeah, of good? From a human standpoint, are, are people, including non-believers, capable of doing good things? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Sure. Yeah. But but we're going to talk more about what does that mean up against God's standard. Well, I mean, and that's the thing. That's why we don't start with man. So often we start with man. And and we might even say, yeah, I'm, I'm a sinner <laughs> and I'm in need of a Savior. But we, I, have you ever done this? I'm sure you have. If you're introducing somebody or you're talking about somebody, like I might be talking to Steve over here about you. I say, David, he's just a good guy. Yeah, sure. We, we do use that all those the time. terms a lot. Yeah, I say that about myself all the time. No. <laughs> Understandably no, so. No, but people, but of course, Steve, Steve is over there with his thumbs down. <laughs> now we, of course, we use that term and say that about a lot of people. Sure, right. right. Sure, but I think you're right. It, it, are we capable of doing good? Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's it's funny when you say that. I don't know that, and I'll have to look it up. When, when I really examine the good things that I do, that you may watch me do, and you may go, well, that's a really <clears throat> good deed, or that was really kind. Mm. Deep down, as I, un, as I pull that thread out, there's, there's, um, there's selfish motive there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, I'm the same way. I, I, I have caught myself many times. I, I've decided my favorite word in my internal speak, right? Or even if I don't say it to myself, what I'm after so often is credit. Oh. I want credit for good things that I do, or mm-hmm. whether it's an idea or an act. or. And do you ever find yourself, like the other day a friend of mine um we had helped out with something at the church, and this is so stupid. I'm, I'm embarrassed to even say this, but it's oh, a good example. On. It's a good example. So for the good of the program, I will say. <laughs> <laughs> um, but this idea that he, in a group text, thanked some people for helping out with something, and, and he clearly just forgot me. Right, right. And my initial reaction was was irritation. Not ir- not even irritation, but just like, oh, where's my thank you? And, and it was so stupid on my part. And I, and I caught myself after just a few seconds, and I just said, Lord, wh- Lord, why am I like that? Why am I having that kind of a reaction? Mm, mm, mm. And and it's it's this idea, and 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 of course, as we become more like Jesus, Jesus was the complete opposite. Yeah, no, he he was all about the benefit of others, mm-hmm. and didn't seek his own glory and fame and attention, even though he right. deserves it. Right, and right. and yet. And, and, of course, that's part of the transformation that he gives to us. We'll never be completely that way, this side of heaven. Mm-hmm. But the idea is that we're becoming more like him and, and at least get to the point, like with me, where I recognize yeah. 
I think in the past I would have done that and not even recognized. You just stewed on it for yeah, exactly. a couple of days. Maybe. Exactly. Yeah. So, you know, it just is it, – it, it, that kind of thing is the natural self. Isn't that interesting? And I don't want to get all, get sidetracked into motive. Uh, obviously, motive is really the root of a lot of that. But in, in really some examination – I mean, Paul says examine yourself. In other words, examine the motives, why you feel that way. Hmm. Were you slighted? Were you done wrong? Uh, Those are natural human emotions that come when somebody's done something against us. I mean, Doug and I have been talking about it, it seems like, multiple times this week. If you're heading down I-95 or you're heading down I-10 or I-35, wherever you're listening, and somebody cuts you off, (laughs) what is it? What is it that wells up in you? Mm. And I, I think to, to a certain <clears throat> level, there is a point where you've got to really examine what what is that? Yep. And, and you just said it. Yeah. You know, our rights are being infringed on our quote unquote rights. I'm right. doing air quotes on the radio. Our quote unquote rights are our, our self worth. Our you know people I don't aren't yeah that. people aren't. Uh, taking our needs into account. It's mm-hmm. all that kind of wrapped up into selfishness, right? Yeah. Like you said earlier, yeah. it's, it's, it's a, it's a looking out for us rather than a first looking toward others. Yeah. Well, I think it's, it's important that as, as those emotions come out, instead of reacting that we contemplate, we examine what, what's going on here, God, why am I feeling this yeah. way? Yeah. I mean, I, I remember uh, when I first started teaching uh, the Bible, you know, well over 25 years ago that when I would get invited to go speak or teach, I was so nervous. I, I, there was something in me and I, I would really wrestle with this going, what is that God? I mean, am I, it, do I just want pats on the back? Do I just want to be recognized? I want to make sure I do a good job. Well, I, there's nothing wrong with wanting to do a good job, Correct. but Correct. whose glory am I doing? That right. For? Right. That's a, that's, that's, yeah, that's a great way to put it. Yeah. That's a great way to put it. We are going to take a break for the news. Um, As always, glad you're with us. And by the way, we know we had a few stations that were having some trouble receiving us uh, there for uh, a few minutes. But as I'm told, everything is back up online and all of our uh, stations should be getting us loud and clear, we hope. We're going to take a break for the news. Come back to SWAT Radio after the break. This is David Gray along with Brad Sykes. You've been walking the same old road for miles and miles. If you've been hearing the same old voice tell the same old lies. If you're trying to feel the same old holes inside, there's a better life. There's a better life. If you got pain, he's a pain taker. Welcome back to SWAT Radio. This is David Gray along with Brad Sykes. Doug McCary is off today and we'll be back tomorrow with a special guest, so we hope you'll tune in. Uh, Give us a call if you have any questions or comments. Uh, We're at 844-777-7928. And we are talking today about uh, kind of part two of the gospel according to Jesus, which is following, you know, God's original plan for us and his sovereignty in that plan 
our problem, which is which is sin and our our inability to reconcile ourselves to God. Well, the, to the core of that, David, is the recognition of our problem. Mm-hmm. You know, we <clears throat> how often? Heck, you walked in here a few minutes ago. I said, "How you doing, David?" And oh, I'm great, man. Yeah. You know, well, that, that's just our common answer. Right. I'm great. Right. Well, I'm I'm only great really because of the work that Christ's done. Apart from Christ, I am a wretched mess. Mm. As my pastor likes to say, I am a black-hearted sinner. Yep. And and yet, for the most part, we don't think that. We don't think we're really that bad. Yeah. Right. And it takes, and I, you know, it takes the Holy Spirit opening our eyes and regenerating us for us to <laughs> recognize that. And going back to, you know, I was talking about sonship. There's another great, you know, the theme line from Sonship is, cheer up, you're worse than you think, right? <laughs> exactly. You're a bigger sinner than you think, but yes. that's recognizing that is good news because you can cheer up because God's grace and forgiveness in Christ is far greater than we can ever imagine. So we can cheer up at the fact that we recognize our need for our sin, our sinfulness and our need for a Savior because God provides that. Yeah. So. Amen. And actually, Amen. I think we have a call if we want to uh, jump yeah, in and take that. Uh, take that. Sandra, call. are you there? I am. Hello. How, how are you? Thanks for calling. I'm, I'm fine, thank you. And um, what I would like to say has nothing to do with a duration of being a Christian, as if that were a you know <laughs> badge of something. But I only say it to share my journey. Um but I've been a Christian since 1968, when I was 19, so therefore I'm 74 now. We're, we're both doing the math say, over here, Sandra. That's <laughs> <laughs> okay. I, I, I love saying I'm 74 because I feel like over the decades I've earned a little wisdom from God. Good for you. I That's right. I'm thankful for that, and I'd like to share a little something with you. Um, the first, I can honestly say that sometimes a Christian's life is in two parts. The first part is the intellectual knowledge, the descent to it, and the, you know, I, I believe in Jesus, and, and you believe in everything that he did, and you're sort of thankful, but your deep level of relationship with him is not always there. Mm-hmm. Uh, for me, I was in a very kind of legalistic church for the first 25 years of my Christian life, mm-hmm. having no background, and then... Um, that church split because they realized they were teaching wrong things. And I finally realized getting to know Jesus had nothing to do with going to church. Amen. Because my my personal walk with him came when my husband, who was a minister in that church, was laid off from the church, along with many others. And uh, a very nice older woman in the church told me, this is just my testimony, uh, she said, look up John seventeen three and focus on that. And, of course, I'd been to theology school in California, but um, I never paid much attention to the depth of anything. And it seems like that's what God reached out for me, is eternal life is to know him. And when you realize, of course, I know you know, the word know is the most intimate of mm-hmm. kinds of yes knowing, and I couldn't believe that all those years I had served in the ministry and served in the church, I didn't know him. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, And we we tithed and did all the good, 
legal stuff that you're supposedly supposed to do, and then it did nothing for me. So mm. when I finally, when I finally got out of that legalism, it was when God really started opening my mind to Him and the personalness of that and how important it is to know Him. I thought, how do I get to know you? Yeah. <laughs> you know, <clears throat> I only realized that knowing about Him through by the Bible and books is is I could I could learn about anybody through books and mm-hmm. other people, but I never realized you have to experience Him daily to know Him. You mm-hmm. have to yield your life over to Him, yeah. just like kind of you were talking about at one point your will. Yeah. Um, we have a very strong will, and we have a very self centered um, experience from birth. <laughs> And that's the sacrifice that we agreed to give up. And yet I don't think most people, I don't hear it in church anymore, and I never hear them talk about there's none that does good. (laughs) Well, and Sandra, I I couldn't agree with you more. In fact, you you used the word sacrifice. Jesus said, if you want to come after me, you're going to have to die. Yeah. We don't like that language. We don't like that language, do we? No, no, we don't. And, and, and because the world is centered on a you love yourself and psychology. Psychology yeah. has crept into the church and just destroying the gospel, I think. Yeah. yeah. Well, I'm, I'm, a, I'm reminded of Jeremiah 17.9. It says, the heart is deceitful above not just some things. It says above all things. All and it's, things. it's desperately sick. Who can understand yeah. it? Yeah. Listen, I can't even understand my own heart, you know. But God understands our heart. He, but He wants us to know Him. And I, you know, my wife's testimony, Sandra, is just like yours. Uh, and we're mm-hmm. not that far behind in age. But she had mm-hmm. been been in church, uh, you know, doing doing all the things. In fact, she had a great mm-hmm. spiritual resume. But one day she realized, I don't know. Je- I know about Jesus. But I don't know Jesus. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, and yeah. it makes me think of Matt. I think it's in Matthew seven or somewhere uh, where Jesus said, "Depart from me, I never knew right. you. Right. I didn't have an intimate relationship. Yeah. You didn't open your heart to receive me in." Yeah, you know. And I think of when you know what did he say to his disciples and to others? Follow me. Yeah. He didn't say follow the rules. Yeah. Follow the law. He said no. follow me. And it's in following him and getting to know him that we're transformed and we become even a little bit capable yeah, yeah. <laughs> of of behaving differently exactly. because we love him. <clears throat> exactly. And and, and that yeah. is Sandra, I really appreciate you sharing that. And by the way, I just wanted to read John seventeen three mm-hmm. since you referenced it and people might be wondering what that says. It says, and this is... Or they could look it up. Or they can look it up. <laughs> but we, I, we encourage that. But I, I, but I will read it. Um, And this is eternal life, that they know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. So eternal life is that we know God the Father and know the Son. Yeah. Amen. Sandra, thank you so much for calling. Where where are you calling from, by the way? Jacksonville, Florida. Excellent. Well, we're glad to have you tuning in. And uh, it's just, you know, it's it's always refreshing to have a, a... a woman call in. Yes, so to, we, a, we love to a men's ministry, exactly. but it's for everybody, really. Amen. So. And Amen. Sandra, thank you. I wanted you. to ask you yeah. why you don't have a women's Bible study. I really do want to know. <laughs> well, actually, I believe... There is no difference. I believe right. I believe Doug's wife does does have yeah, she does. a woman's yeah, study. Does. So, yeah. Now, if you go to SWATradio.com yeah. uh, or HisLight.com, 
O-R-G, I believe it mm-hmm. is, you'll, you can see on that website a, the local women's Bible study that yep. uh, Lori McCary does that. Yep. And, uh, All yeah, right. So check that out. Light.org. Yes. Yeah. yes. Okay. Thank you, Thank Sandra. Thank you, Sandra. We really appreciate it. Wow, that's a great uh, call. Isn't that a great yeah, call? and I think her experience is probably true for so many people. I know it's been true for me in many ways. Yeah, and I mean, she actually, one of the things she mentioned was it took the loss of her husband's job at the church for her to be really ministered to, to look up. And, and, and I was thinking about where James says, consider it pure joy, my brothers, when you encounter various trials. Hey, listen, you lose a job, that's a trial. And and yet we're told to consider it pure joy. Yeah. We don't do that well because we don't understand that God is in the process of transforming us. And and Sandra, well said yeah. that it's it, we, we're sanctified when we're redeemed by Christ. Right. When we're regenerated, we're sanctified, but we're being sanctified also. Right. And I, I can certainly testify to the fact that I'm not the same man I was. <laughs> When I came to Christ right. in 1981, I'm right. sure you're you're the right. same, right? Exactly. And you know, when you hear those words that Sandra mentioned, even now for me, as somebody who has known Jesus for a long time, it's a little scary to hear those words. Like, okay, I've gone all this time, but do I really know Him? Mm-hmm. And I think you know that question still crosses my mind sometimes. And 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 it and it can be scary to think that or 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 concerning. And you know, if you're thinking that. And I have to remind myself of this. If you're concerned about that, tell him. Yeah. Tell him and ask him to help you know him. Yeah. And and she made a great point. The way we do it is daily time with him and daily getting to know him and daily yielding. It's it's, you know, take up your cross daily and and follow me. And and the cross is what is taking it up meaning it means laying ourselves down. Yeah. It means yeah. yielding. That that's a great way to put it. And and you know, uh, what I mentioned earlier about being irritated about not getting credit or I find that I'm much more apt to do that if my time with Christ has been lacking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If I'm if I'm away from him, if I'm if I haven't been disciplined in that, um, then I'm not being changed. I'm not knowing him. I'm not following him. And my old self can just jump right back in there and take over. Yeah, and to go back to last week, the idea, God wants us uh, to have a personal, intimate, and dependent relationship with him. Listen, just because we are regenerate, we follow Christ, I am reminded daily how dependent I am Mm -hmm. on him. Mm -hmm. And I am continually confessing that and and bringing that up before him. And how... Oftentimes, I'm sure you're the same way, Sandra, maybe as well, how how easily our faith can crumble mm-hmm. when trials come yeah. or when bad news comes or yeah. whatever it might be. Yeah. And, and to your point, confess that yeah. to him. And I'm glad you said that. Doug talks about this all the time. Being a believer doesn't mean that by any stretch that we're perfect or that we don't screw up. In fact, I think we become more aware of our, our sin and yeah. our screw-ups, yeah, right? Exactly. And so... Doug brings this up all the time. Repent quickly. Yeah. And and I don't do that often enough. Sometimes I let it go for a few days because I'm thinking to myself, he doesn't want to hear from me again on this same subject. <laughs> right? And and that's the that's, absolute wrong way to treat it. Right. Repent quickly and clear that communication line with God. 
We're going to be back for our last segment. Sandra, thank you again for your call. That was a great call. Uh, Call us at 844-777-7928 if you have a question or a comment, and we will be right back on SWAT Radio. If you'd like to contact SWAT Radio, the toll-free number is 1-844-777-7928. That's 844-777-7928 or 844-777-SWAT. You can also listen to this program through the WTRJ The Truth app from the App Store or over the Internet by accessing www.swatradio.com. We'll be back shortly for further discussion and to take your calls. We're so grateful for having people like Tom Neal Truck Company sponsoring SWAT Radio. Tom Neal Truck Company is located at 417 Edgewood Avenue South in Jacksonville, Florida. Tom Neal is a full-service franchise truck dealer for Freightliner, Western Star, Volvo, Isuzu, and Sprinter vans offering new and used truck sales, service, parts and truck rental and leasing to the North Florida and South Georgia truck market. More information on Tom Neal Truck Company is located at www.tomneal.com. That's www.tomnehl.com. They say sometimes you win some, sometimes you lose some. Right now, right now, I'm losing bad. Stood on this stage night after night, reminding the broken. Welcome back to SWAT Radio, our last segment here on a Thursday edition of SWAT Radio. It's David Gray along with Brad Sykes. Uh, I'm in for Doug McCary today, and Doug will be back tomorrow. We are getting a torrential rainstorm. I'm half expecting to see animals start filing in <laughs> two by two to the studio here. But uh, had a great call on our last segment from Sandra, and we are continuing our discussion about kind of the second part of uh, the gospel according to Jesus, which is our sin problem and our inability to do anything about it on our own. Right. I know, uh, I mean, uh, David, you have shared the gospel many times I, I so many sometimes i'm always interested in how people share the gospel <clears throat> and what's i think we've shared the statistics here on the air we certainly have at our swat bible studies that uh, it's something like 97 percent of evangelical christians mm-hmm. have never once shared the gospel yeah and i, I in my mind i'm like how's that possible i mean really i mean how's that possible you know, the fact is, if Christ has had an impact in your life, heck, I can't go eat a hot dog that I like without telling somebody about it. Mm-hmm. You know, that it should be a, an overflow of a heart that is is so filled with an understanding of what God has done for yeah. us. And some of that may come from not really understanding the depravity of man. Mm-hmm. And I was looking here at the prophet Isaiah said this. He said, we have all become like one who is unclean. And all our righteous deeds are like a polluted garment. We were talking about, can we do good deeds? Uh, we can, but I highly doubt your good deeds are done with a good motive. Mm-hmm. Now, I know that may be hard for some people to understand, 
I don't think, apart from Christ's Spirit dwelling in us and us yielding to His Spirit, do we have the ability to do good things with good motives. Right, right. And and, uh, and, and just to talk a little further about what you just read from Isaiah so that we make sure we're, we're clear, and, and you were, I'm sorry, Brad, if I'm jumping mm, in mm. here, I'm sure you were going to say this. But the idea there is that when we present those righteous, quote-unquote, righteous acts to God as though they're meritorious, <laughs> our, our pastor uses that mm-hmm. word a lot, it's a mm-hmm. good one, as though they're meritorious for our salvation. Yeah. That's when yeah. they're filthy rags. Well, exactly. When God has regenerated us, of course, and we belong to him, then we're doing good deeds not to impress God or to, to gain his favor, but in response to what he's done for us, and, yeah. and like we know the Bible says, he created those good works for members of his family well enough, to I've, do from before the foundation of the world. I was thinking about Sandra. <clears throat> she said she grew up, I think that she said her first 25 years after coming to Christ in a, uh, I'll, I'll use her words, a legalistic type environment. And I've been in one of those environments. Yeah. They're, they're heavy. Mm, absolutely. They're, they're weighty. Yeah. Uh, there's a burden there to carry. And yeah, we are definitely, let's be clear, our salvation is in nothing that we've done on our own. Right. We didn't follow the rules. In fact, uh, Romans 3.23, all have sinned, fall short of the glory of God. Yep. Any good we do has come out of a relationship with Christ. First yep. Peter 2.9 says, you're a royal priesthood, you're a holy nation, yep. you're a chosen people, a people of God's own possession that we might proclaim the excellencies of him who called us out of darkness and into light. Paul, when he's explaining the, the sinful behavior, he looks to the Christians and said, such were some of you. No, I would phrase, such were all of us. Right. We all are sinful. We right. all were sinful. Our obedience does not bring us salvation. Yeah. Our and obedience I, I, yeah. is is the manifestation right. Of our right. salvation. Right. And sorry, I was no, jumping I in there um, as I want to do uh, so I can get credit. <laughs> but 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 if you going back to what we said earlier about what would most people say about whether people are good or bad or or taking that a step further, what would most people say about how do you get to heaven? Mm-hmm. Well, the good outweighs the bad. Right. right. We do enough good works that we'll get quote unquote feathers mm-hmm. in our cap mm-hmm. um I, you know i can't i'm not i'm gonna make it i almost made it through a full hour without uh quoting seinfeld but <laughs> but but and i'm i'm doing that just because i remember the line but it is a good example there's the the episode where jerry's gonna buy his father a cadillac and kramer looks at him and says "Ooh, you're gonna earn some points with the man upstairs for that right and that's a that's a great example i right. think of the way most that's people good. think and of course that's the filthy racks yeah when when the expectation is that oh if i do this god owes me yeah. Yeah. god owes me salvation because i'm doing these works when in fact we can't possibly even begin to do and i can't even put it into words begin to do enough to get right with god we there's just yeah. nothing that can be done apart from the work of christ the yeah. person and the work yeah. of christ yeah. Well, in MacArthur in his book, he says the gospel that Jesus proclaimed was a call to discipleship, to take up your cross and follow him, a call to follow him in submissive obedience, not, not just a plea to make a decision or pray a prayer uh, or, or 
He says, genuine assurance comes from seeing the Holy Spirit's transforming work in one's life, right. not from clinging to the memory of some experience. Mm, now, that's a great way to put I, it. I think it's important. Listen, I've met with hundreds of men. I've asked them to give me their testimony. Some of them, I would challenge them. Uh, some of them knew the literally the hour and the minute that uh, their heart was regenerated. I, I don't remember the, the, I remember the experience, but I don't rely on the experience mm-hmm. as assurance of salvation. Yep. What I rely on is the work of the cross, yeah. what was done on the cross and putting my, my faith in that. Right. In addition, this is not in addition <clears throat> to salvation. It's the, it's the fruit is my life producing fruit. Right. And that's James. Yes, exactly. That's James. Faith without works is dead, yeah. right? The works, you read it from MacArthur's book, The Transforming Power, that line, uh, I, I might not be quoting it exactly right, but our, our, when we're transformed, we produce fruit and works because we love Christ and we want to be obedient, not perfectly, right. as Doug always says, and we fall short all the time. But we start to go in a different direction we produce good works, and that's evidence that's of right. our faith and provides assurance for us that we can look at that and say, hey, wait a minute, I wanted no part of that stuff years ago. I, I mean, I even talk about this in my own life. Even as a believer, there was a long time in my life where I didn't really want to be bothered with that many male Christian friends. Right, right. And now I have a lot, and I don't know what I'd do without them. Oh, and and that's, that's, not, the that's not because I pulled myself up from my bootstraps and right, had right. some great change on my own. It's because God's changed me and I've seen through his opening my eyes, mm-hmm. the benefit yeah. of yeah. having brothers and other believers in yeah. my life. Well, you're familiar with the Westminster catechism. Probably what, what's the chief end of man? It's to glorify God and enjoy him forever. Right. How do we glorify God? We glorify God when we're obedient to his commands. Mm. Uh, I was looking at this quote. I jotted down a bunch of quotes from this book because it's such a good book. But one of the most malignant, and this kind of goes to a little bit of what Sandra was talking about too, is one of the most malignant byproducts of the debacle in contemporary evangelism is a gospel that fails to confront individuals with the reality of their sin. Right. We, we don't want to, because, you know, why don't we want to point out sin to somebody? Because they may not like us anymore. <clears throat> right. They they may say words like, who are you to judge? Right. right? Listen, I point out sin. I have pointed out sin to my children over the years. Why? Because I love them. Right. I love them. I want them to be in a and relationship. And the Bible tells us to do that. People, I think, got to get off on a tangerine, as I said earlier. But <laughs> pe- people misunderstand that when it says, don't judge lest ye be judged. I think. Yeah. When Jesus said that, right? Yeah. He means don't judge hypocritically. Don't don't be hammering somebody for some issue and you're doing the same thing or yeah. worse, yeah. right? That's when he yeah. said take the yeah. take the log out of your own eye yeah. so you can see clearly. So the idea is we are as brothers and sisters to point things out to each other in love. In love. And and and, and not in a I'm going to beat you up kind of a way. But to do it in such a way, you know, recognizing that we're in the same boat. Yes. Exactly. Right. But it doesn't mean that we don't judge issues. Yeah. We just don't 
judge hypocritically and we don't hammer people. Right. Especially yeah. other brothers and sisters in Christ. Well, so. that whole passage about you know, get, get the two-by-four, get the log out of your own eye so that you can see properly to get the speck right. out of your brother's right. eye or your sister's eye. Right. It's this idea that we should see our own sin before we see the sin in another person. Right. Right. It does not mean we're not to love a brother, love yeah. a sister in Christ. Yeah. And and to be loving and kind yeah. and and gracious, and that's a byproduct too of being a believer. The ability to mm-hmm. see our own sin, like mm-hmm. we've been talking about. You mentioned about talking to your kids. I mean, that's a huge responsibility to point things out to your kids. And I can't tell you how many times when my kids were growing up that I would get on them for something, and I would think to myself, "I'm way worse than they are." Yeah, yeah. And it was convicting yeah. to me. Yeah. And and that's the hip. You know, that's that hint of hypocritical yeah. judging. Now, I, I, even if I was having an issue with something, I still had the responsibility because they're my kids right. to tell them that this is wrong. Right. And yet it was a constant reminder to me, hey, get, like you said, get the log out of your own eye. Yeah. So, well, in a, one of the passages I wanted to look at today, which we're not going to get to, but it's in Luke 13, where it, it says that, that Pilate had mingled the blood of the sacrifices and and they answered them do you think that these galileans were worse sinners than all the gen all all the other galileans because they suffered in this way right the reality is that all have sinned fall short of the glory of god we are all sinners my sin is not worse than your sin i remember uh somebody uh, reading somewhere where our sin is like us flying over downtown Jacksonville and looking at the buildings from up above. You can't tell which buildings are taller right. than the other. Right. You know, your sin is not taller than mine. Right. But anyway. Right. We are coming to the end of the program, and uh, we're glad you listened today. Please tune in tomorrow for Doug and his special guest. Uh, the topic will be like father, like son, our relationship with God as his children. Thanks for listening. Brad and I will be back next week on SWAT Rate. If you missed a SWAT radio broadcast this week and would like to hear any show in its entirety, then go to SWATradio.com. Click on Past Shows, where you can listen to the broadcast. Also, if you're looking for a band of brothers that gather around God's Word to be a part of, then go to SWATradio.com and email one of our hosts, and they can get you plugged in to one of the local SWAT Bible studies. Tune in next time to explore how SWAT radio is strengthening spiritual